Okay, everybody. How you doing? It's uh, Saturday, November 14th, 2020. Uh, it's only, usually we have like a whole little crew with us. It's only me and Cho now, the, you know, but hey. Um, All right, just, just to clarify, Joel has not left the show. <laughs> no. make, make, oh, me the, make, make me the song like he, he went solo or some shit. Like, uh, he, no. he's having work done on his, um, his his the his apartment building is having um work done and he figured with the noise and yeah. stuff like that it would have been a tough listen and um it it wasn't gonna be done until tomorrow night and I didn't wanna like put off the episode so we had to move around some stuff and you know just decided to do uh you know do it do things um the way we did for the first few episodes where it was just me and Mike this week, just so we could get out a lot of the stuff that um we had planned for this week. So Joel will be here next week and we're supposed to shoot some more um black seat um content. So that'll be out. Yeah, and I wanna say like black seat could be possibly be like sending into get an award type like anything that uh Drake does with like baseball it should be like award winning and like everything i've heard i've heard obviously more than obviously because only a cap it has come out but uh like the first black seat is like three out of three hours i'm like like i like oh you want me to do this like i sat down one time i made a little like you know but um but yeah and also i have not no construction going on but i have um i have a baby party downstairs I don't think uh doorbell is gonna ring, but if you mean uh, like a baby shower, it sounds like it's a party, baby, like a uh, party of babies, like the rugrats are downstairs. <laughs> first birth, first birthday. It's been a year. Oh, okay. It's a okay. So yeah, that's a little insight on uh Sugar in the Mooney. Um, but also it's you know it's Saturday, uh, November fourteenth. Yesterday was Friday the. 13th and no one gave a shit because it's been that way the whole year like people have been like making you know like things have been chaos one big yeah. blur big blur yeah and, um but like even like after like the, i know it's been like it's been officially a week since like biden like pretty much won and like i just like <sighs> it's like when i you know that moment you like <laughs> It's like a long, like let's say, like, hey guys, anyone into like, tantric sense, sex? But like, when you finally come, you just like don't care anymore, and just like things are going on, you're just like the whole thing. Uh, I haven't really been paying attention, but then now I'm picking up on the whole recounts and stuff, and um, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to all that. Today, actually, yeah, not, not, I don't want to bring it up, but today was the uh, the MAGA march. Uh, isn't it? Didn't that happen? MAGA march. I didn't even look it up. Yeah. So like I I also ramble about wrestling a lot, and um, it's always important. I don't like when people say it's stupid. I don't like when people say it's dumb because it's a microcosm of capitalism in America, and so there is a very. She was great. Uh, she was in the Indies. I remember seeing her in the Indies all the time. Selena Vega. I mean, I keep trying to remember her uh, previous. Uh, pseudonym and everything. I'm sort of sure he's looking it up now. But when I got out of work yesterday, um, uh, Shug, 
uh, wrote me and he goes, oh, she just got fired for talking about unionization. And uh, I can go on a whole spiel about that. So we're going to jump into that. So we, um, this last past week was a, the anniversary of a watershed moment in U.S. history. Bill O'Reilly on the O'Reilly factor uh, 17 years ago this week invited on Cameron of the Diplomats, you know, famous rapper, one of my favorite rappers of all time. And top five New York rappers. Yeah. Top five, at least. And Dame Dash, who was, you know, the, the founder of Rockefeller Records with um Jay-Z. And they he also invited on a school principal. And you know, it was basically as Fox News does, it was basically he tried to 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 frame it in a way that made like you know, um, rap music, um, you know, to be very like poisonous to American youth. And, you know, I wanted to talk about it because it, um, I, I feel like every time I watched it, I feel like, uh, Dame and Cameron basically did the opposite. So I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. And then, um, as Mike has, um, stated we're going to discuss you know the, the the current president um basically invoking squatters rights and yeah. finders keepers um <laughs> rights yeah. when it comes to to the presidency and you know yeah, its effect right. on the american people yeah we're going to jump into that too like the whole thing about like the squatter rights thing like i said this on the show profusely since we started that profusely that I was afraid he was going to get tossed out like at a bar. I've been tossed out by like the top of my thing. It's going to happen. All right. Let's hop into the show. All right. Sure. So, you know, and everyone knows who follows the show, that I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, WWE is, you know, what I talk about a lot. I've, he's going to puke. It's an Instagram account. Uh, but I'm also into politics and I'm also into like social issues and stuff. So when I got out of work, uh, yesterday, I believe, yeah, yesterday, um, uh, Suge wrote me about something that happened and I had a chance to look at it. So it was about someone that I've seen on the Indies a lot, like, um, then she got picked up. Um, and apparently like she, the tweet is, we'll put it here. Uh, I support unionization. And immediately, like half hour later, it said 32 minutes or at least like a half hour later, she got uh, her infamous future endeavored thing from WWE. Mm-hmm. So obviously, she sent to me because he wanted my response because I, you know, I've, I care about this stuff and I think I have a little information. I also have a little uh, other information because my father is a union leader. He's actually... He was actually the number one man in our area for a while. Um, won't say his last name. Oh, wait, it's name in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but he ran, uh, he saves so many people's jobs for like 20 years and stuff. Thankless job. Um, so I I appreciate the whole unionization and it, it should apply to what they do. And I just want to... Um, 
introduce it and I want to have Shug give his thoughts and then I'll jump back in there because I can ramble, but I want Shug to please give, give, please give me your uh, info on it or your opinion. Yeah, so um, unionizing um, professional wrestling has been like a topic since at least the mid to late 80s because this was a time when, you know, if, if you know, versed in wrestling history, um, before the 19, the mid 80s, um, basically wrestling promotions were territories. You know, you had Georgia, um, what's that? Georgia Championship Wrestling, AWA, NWA, um, Memphis Wrestling, WWF, WCCW. Yeah, we could go on for days. It was like a bunch of them. Pretty much 30, 30 in 50 states. That's a lot. Right. And, you know, back then they were called territories. So, you know, a man who, even if you're not um, a fan or familiar with wrestling, if you're, you know, a man, even if you're not familiar with wrestling, you would know his name. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He owned um, WWF, which was um, he inherited from his father. And in the 80s, he brought down the whole idea of wrestling territories because he started buying up the different territories and then consolidating them. And then um, he basically started taking all the main talent from these different territories. Uh, Long story short, that's how WWF, WWE came to be what it is now. So um, in in the 80s, Jesse Ventura, Jesse Body Ventura, former um, governor of Minnesota, he was one of the first people that tried to unionize um, the wrestlers. And to this day, WWE doesn't even call the superstars or wrestlers in their company um, employees. They call them independent contractors. Even though these people are signed to like, you know, contracts and you can't go you can't work independently and certain aspects of your persona and stuff like that they own so uh mike you might know a little bit more about it than i yeah so basically yeah absolutely uh the whole history of it is a consolidation of a carny culture uh started in france and it came over here uh it was influenced by every other culture too but it came from France and they came here. Um, and then the McMahons came from boxing and they wanted to like consolidate it into more of a sport thing. Here we are. Now we're here. Um, so basically there's stories of people who had 20 years of history and then they came to WWF or WWE and they would ask them to change their name and they would like trademark it. And me and Joe grew up with toys, action figures, T-shirts. Uh, today I'm not wearing one. I'm wearing. We're all. Me and you are for some reason wearing just like very like very sleek black. But yes, like merchandise was a huge deal for that. So they needed to own the rights. 
and for more common, uh, more modern fans, like right now, Cody Rhodes, he doesn't even use the word Rhodes, which is a, in itself, a trademark of something from not even WWE, just like 30 years ago. It's not even his real name. But he stopped using it because he didn't want to pay WWE to use it. It's all legality stuff. It's all legality. What with uh, just let's, let's fast forward to what's going on right now is that uh, people want not just trademark rights because everyone who has like a thing called a, a legends contract is like you get paid a fraction of all your information. Um, so that's like kind of like the whatever. So, like, you know, like, let's say like someone that, you know, that's kind of, you know, very famous and all the casual people know, they get a fraction of their, their content, if we want to put it that way now in modern terms. Uh, but what about the guy who just got his ass kicked? Nothing. He gets nothing. He got the 20 bucks and then kicked in the ass and said, all right, goodbye. So, like, basically we're looking for a, like, I'm saying like a, I'm part of it, but like, uh, we all know about the NFL has the NLPA and what is it called? Uh, NFLPA? What is it? The, the uh, NFLPA and then the NBA has the NBPA. All right. So basically um, just to merge everything I'm saying is find a, merge the athletic version of that with SAG and uh, show brought up uh, Jesse Ventura. Apparently he brought that up in the eighties and Hulk Hogan is the one who told Vince about it. And that's why Jesse left. We all know about Jesse's history. He left, became a politician. And then he, you know, he became, now he's like a conspiracy theorist and all that stuff, but you know, good, whatever. Um, but yeah, so like the, that people always say like, but you're a wrestler, but like, how can you get like, uh, you, how can you unionize it? What I just said, I was like, you you, you merge um, athletics with entertainment, mm-hmm. which is sports entertainment. Um, how do you do, like, I, I wrapped it up as best I could, um, just from first glance. If you if, if I said that to you and you're like, what would you say if, to that? Like, if ever, just first glance, like merging athletics with entertainment to get paid for it, even if you're not working. Also, when you're not working anymore, like the, the, the players association, like how do you how do you do that? Like how how would that happen? Yeah, asking how would how would they create a union or how would a union work? Yeah, I mean, like in your mind, like how how could that how could it happen if how how would it happen in your mind? Because I have my own idea. I'm gonna ask you first, like how would you encompass all that, like the athletics with it? Because injuries. Mm-hmm. All that. Then you also have uh, the actor SAG stuff because you then then you would interfere with SAG and SAG will sue you. They will sue you because they're they're potentially actors. And then you would have the other another one. It's just kind of like a third weird. I don't I don't think that's how it works at all because that's like saying like when Shaq did like Kazam. Like he had to like leave the NBA Players Association to join SAG. I think you could, ah. you could do both. But that's the thing. But WWE is different. It's weird. That's the whole thing. It's like like they're they they blur the lines between each one. They they want to keep it in the same way. Where like in the old school, 
well, they got away with everything, but they also wanted to keep in in like the modern entertainment. I think that's also the whole thing where they, they keep it in the times of carny t- culture. They keep it in there, but they also want to be like Fortune 500, which they've been for like five, uh, 20 years. You know, it's like kind of like that. Like they want to be in both. They want to have control of these people, but they also want um, them to have the freedom to like go into the shows and stuff. Like you have like on AEW, they have like Cody Rhodes, but he's also part of the company that he's doing like a uh, game show. WWE does the same thing. They have Total Divas, but they have control over it. I don't like, only person I can think of uh, that had complete control that came back was Roddy Piper. And he went to movies and stuff. And I found out that he had a SAG card in like the early 80s, like way before the whole Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan thing. He had a SAG card. So he was able to put his foot down and say, no, I'm not doing this, Vince. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. Because he had a SAG card. And that is union. So he was allowed to do whatever he wanted. So basically, uh, yeah, th- I mean, I, th- does that make sense what I said? Like, brought up about the whole, like, uh, the different, you know, the um, merging between different different areas. Because we all know that we have, like, sports figures that bounce around. But if you're active and stuff, that that's a different story. Like, and then oh, this would be a new thing. <laughs> No, I think it's just like what basically these wrestlers want is like control of basically their professional life. Like another thing we didn't like bring up was something a couple of weeks ago where um, WWE banned its like talent from having like third party um social media accounts like Twitch and um you know streaming like you know it was something where they had to use their own names or they couldn't use their own names or something like that. They they couldn't use their trademark WWE name. Like um Zelina Vega, I apologize. I don't remember she had a different name before her real name she has a different name now. She's going by a different name now because obviously she quit she's she got fired but um Paige, who uh, we all know, Paige has a lot of history. That's like apparently like her best like work friend, mm-hmm. and uh, she put her foot down. And apparently, like in the in the rumors, is is saying that she didn't, she never wanted, she never gave up her rights to her Twitch, and she said, "No, I built it myself. You can't take it like that." Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, it's all about Twitch and stuff. And we have uh, other things we can talk about with Twitch, but yes, but Shug's right about that. Yeah, but it's like the thing, like I said, is is these people want control of their professional life and, you know, the ability to market themselves. And, you know, wrestling is a very real, um, it's very real on the physicality of it because we've seen many a wrestler um, where they have life-threatening injuries. We've seen, obviously, you've seen wrestlers die. Um Owen Hart. Um, you see all the wrestlers die while from from injuries they suffered from wrestling. A lot of people get um CTE. Well, yeah. So um Sick. so you know, these people want to be 
to make sure that their rights, because you know, I've seen a, I've heard of a lot of people who they get injured and they get released while they're injured, or soon as they're like cleared to wrestle, they get released and stuff like that. So my idea for like a wrestling union would be for all of these people as like an independent union. It's not a WWE Wrestlers Association. AEW Wrestlers Association, Impact Wrestlers Association. It'll just be like a professional wrestlers association where all of these people could buy into and they could unionize. It's funny as hell because when I was thinking about like the um thinking about this topic, I was like, it's funny as hell that WWE had a stable called the union before wrestlers actually got a real life union. And my yeah, if you yeah, yeah. I think we should. We, we we're gonna come back to this, but me and Shug are huge uh, classic movie fans too. I think uh, we're gonna come back to this when I come back. I just want. I don't want to cut off Shug, but uh, it reminds me of kind of the uh, studio system. Well, let's jump back into that after. Yeah, it very much is like the studio system because back in those days, like stars used to be contracted to a specific studio, and you'd have to do X amount of movies in order to to fulfill your um your contract and there was a lot of time if like especially you know you you got the me too movement there'd be times where they would contract like a young woman and like let's say she didn't want to sleep with like the studio head or somebody big in the studio or some director like they could basically blackball that woman you know let's say she had like a seven picture deal and like between movie number three and movie number four, you know, the producer or the director, you know, um, you know, he, he, he wants to, he, he tells her like, you want to keep making movies, you got to sleep with me. She refuses. And this is where that whole saying, oh, you'll never work in this town again. Duh, 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 that's the type of stuff comes from. And they would never let her make like the four movies that were left on her deal so basically and then she she couldn't move to a different company Mm. so effectively yeah like you'll never work in this town but you know that's they would sell they would sell contracts too yeah going back with uh what we're talking about with uh zelena vega uh yeah i can't believe i've been watching her for 10 years like uh she's been in tna uh since like 2011 and um if you think about with tna in the picture, it was only like WWE and TNA. That was like the immediate competitor, and they would work like four times a month. And there's one individual who had a straight up five days a week teaching job, and he he kept it going until like he finally got. Now he's a NXT guy, you know. So like, you can't compare WWE to like other things. But now you have AEW, and AEW is apparently like offering more, um, bigger salaries or more. I don't know, if it's guaranteed, but just like I don't know. But TNA was paid per date, so I could be the biggest guy ever. I could be killer shows. Me and Shaggy do killer shows, and then out of nowhere, um, I break my my foot, and I can't do my shows anymore because I can't be funny, and um, then that's it. So, if 
what you're saying, like if there is a like a let's say there's like you know WWE and then there's like the other ones, and then you have a whole little um, if you picture like a a little pocket where like like a free agency thing. I know sports has this too, like the whole little free agency thing. Uh, you'd be able to own your own rights, own your own uh, like name and everything like that. But that leads to the flip side. Mm-hmm. They would just what would they do? They purposely ask you. They've been doing this since we were kids. I always noticed. I was like, why does it say TM next to uh, what's his name on that toy? Because they've been doing it for 30, 35 years now. And like, what would they do? The, like, I would I would have the best career ever, and they would call me like the astronaut or like the gladiator or some shit like that, you know? Um, so wouldn't just real quick, last thing I'll say is just WWE being Trumpers, they, wouldn't they just like find a way around it? I mean, I saw I was um one of the things I had said to you when I um, when we talked about it. Um, I was hoping that Andrew Yang, who's for the last couple of months has since he's um left the presidential race. He's been very adamant on WWE for their um, labor practices. So now that Biden, um, the president-elect and Kamala Harris, or you know the vice president-elect, and they're shaping up their cabinet, I'm kind of hoping that they have him as the head of their, the part. You know, their their late is it a um is it a secretary of labor um position? And the cabinet is secretary of labor, and then there's like. I know there's a bunch of different labor. There's like four for labor. I mean, not four for labor, for business, though. I'm not sure if it's what constitutes it, though. But what, yeah, so whatever position they could get him in where he could get off the vents, because this Zelina Vega thing is just, it was just incredible to me. Because, like, Zelina Vega, as you said, she um, was an in ring talent, she was a manager. Um, slash valet which is to me like a lost art in today's wrestling like to me there's only really like two of the wrestling that i watch there's only like a handful of good managers obviously paul Heyman, who's hall of fame everything except being in ring um lana and then zelina vega always out like she was the manager of um uh, Andrade and um, Angel Garza and like I didn't even find those two like interesting like no offense to them like they're talented no 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 lie about that but fans fans if you want to go back and you appreciate LAX uh, from uh, Impact she started doing that shit when she was 18 eight like 18 years old like 19 years old and you would see you, you would see um, no one in WWE but you would see Eddie Kingston was there it was a uh, Hercules and the, you know, the uh, Mexican Herc, big Herc. But yeah, but definitely like she started young. I think she started pre the whole where things changed. Mm-hmm. And this is a big statement about it. Sorry about that. Yeah. So she knows, she knows old school. You know? Yeah. So, and then um, recently she got into the, um, she, they, they transitioned her back into being in ring talent. Like she was wrestling matches um, recently. So this whole news of her being fired for saying she supports unionization was um very like surprising, and then she's she's married to another wrestler, um, Alistair Black. 
So, and he's obviously still employed. So it's going to be an uncomfortable experience for him. But, you know, when we talk about them owning the rights to their name, I think of like, you know, that um, once upon a time in Hollywood meme where like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio as on um, Rick Dalton yeah, yeah. Like, and like, he, um, <laughs> you know, and everybody's like, oh, that's so-and-so. So it's, it's going to be funny when she pops up on AEW or on TNA and she's got like a whole different name. And I'm like, it's Selena Vega. And she can't use her name because WWE owns the rights to her name. So I just forgot. Actually, now now I look at it, I remember it was Rosita. Right. She was actually one of the highlights because, you know, uh, of course, the promote myself again, he's going to puke. Uh, I would watch, I watched every wrestling for 30 years on and off, but she was a highlight. It was LAX, Latin American Exchange. Even when they ended it and they brought it back, uh, everyone knows about uh, another famous uh, gif or meme is uh, Shit's Creek. But Shit's Creek was was the show that was the lead-in to TNA. People forget that. The reason why TNA was on the air was the lead-in or either after Shit's Creek, which is one of the most popular shows now on streaming. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the main show. I, I still watched it, you know, I saw watching TV for a while. I had like a no DVR anymore, but it would be the LAX thing. It was Rosita, um, Homicide, and Eddie Kingston, which local boy, local boy done good. Um, but yeah, like she's great. Um, I don't know. It's only been like, it's, it's been 24 hours literally since it happened. Uh, is there more to the story? You know, you can't always just like, you know, assume assume the worst. But maybe she said that while she was exiting, that was already planned. Oh, okay. Uh, it also had maybe had. I also said this too. Maybe it had nothing to do with wrestling. It just meant like in general, like pro you know unionization for anything, you know, whatever. Then specifying it for wrestling, but because there was no like, didn't say anything about wrestling. But uh, I assume that it's because of wrestling. And, yeah. But yeah, I you can keep talking about the whole um, not blanket, um, you know, the whole thing with that. Um, I, I I can actually uh, think of more of it in the uh, 60s and 70s, 80s, where there would be like whole name and you would pick one out, but you had no control of who was going to pick you or where you were going to go or who wanted you. You know, so now like if you had that same old school structure people hate like the new school but the old school you had the old school structure of saying like indeed and it's like you're wrestling like i indeed card mm-hmm. write this down guys i'm making this up as i as i go and it would say like where you want to work i want to work northwest i want to work california i want to work texas for the next six months because you're, you're having a baby like your wife's having a baby so people can see you and it's not just a word of mouth or like Gmail, where you like type someone like, "Hey, well, I'll be able to work." You have your Indeed thing type thing, wrestling. You say where you want to work, when you can work. How fucking how like basic is that that they don't have that yet, mm-hmm. right? Like just like, but then it won't be WWE though. It, it would still have to start off in a very small, like you know, uh, the indie scene. I can see it happening, but even in the indies, 
people are getting greedy and people in the last uh, year during COVID, two companies that were like the glorified like best bastions of wrestling got killed because of uh, corruption. So even in uh, the smallest of sample size, there's always going to be some uh, corruption, which is, you know, sucks. I mean, like, so how are you going to implement that to WWE, which is a worldwide thing? Yeah, well, the last thing I'm going to say is about um, this is, like, between the stuff with, like, the third-party um, thing, um, Cody Rhodes leaving, right. essentially, to start his own company, and then this now with Zelina Vega, you know, I... I, I you know, with Zelina Vega, it reminds me if, you know, like Mike said, you know, maybe it was something and this, you know, maybe it was something um, that didn't have to do with that tweet. And maybe she said that um, after she was released, but on the assumption that that's what she said and that's what led to her release, that reminds me of like, I think it was like a year ago, if not like, um longer than that that like barstool another um podcast network their um president ceo whatever his name um he basically tweeted out he said any person on barstool that wants to unionize i will fire you on the spot and then basically all the union all these union lawyers or labor lawyers were like up his ass and he had to like take it back so my thing is i, I feel like um if that's the case with you know com- com- compounded with all those other things that wwe is trying to take control of like these people's lives um i feel like now with this new administration since they don't have you know their hand in the president's pocket like linda mcmahon was the head of like small business Mm. For Trump, yeah, and, and she also had a failed seventy million dollar endorsed campaign twice in Connecticut. Failed twice, seventy yeah. million. Where did the she, money go? Where did that money go? Where did the money go? Right, and then um, just as recently, like she was campaigning, you know, with the stuff we're gonna talk about later, with Trump asking for these recounts and these legal these lawsuits and stuff like that. She tweeted out something. And then CM Punk um, sent out like a funny meme in in retaliation to that. But like I said, with this new administration, Andrew Yang and whoever's part of labor, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar corporation now. I'm pretty sure like WWE is in for a legal battle down the road. Yeah. And then just to elaborate about the whole uh, legal should be part of the cabinet. Um, first off, from twenty six, from twenty seventeen to twenty seven, twenty one. Let's just end it there. It's been a campaign for the next year, and they failed. Uh, but yeah, but I'm a I'm pro like different people like have a cabinet. I don't know anything about cabinetcy. I don't know anything about cabinetcy. I don't know anything about one thing. And then why would I just hire someone just do something? You know. Uh, that's the whole point. Um, 
But Andrew Yang seems to be a real mark. Like he's like really into wrestling. And uh, hey, Andrew Yang, please come on the show. Let's do a uh, competition. We'll talk about our favorite uh, favorite moments. You know, apparently, because uh, you're you know you're a fan of stuff. But uh, I think it's it should. I think it's as powerful as like a movie industry. In movie industry, people get like. They they have lobbyists and stuff, but how come wrestling doesn't? Imagine that. there's a wrestling lobbyist and like the you're coming by <laughs> like a lobbyist in wrestling. All right, so this past week, uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and um, I saw somebody posted the interview that Cameron and Dame Dash had on the. On Bill O'Reilly's show on Fox News, or formerly his show, you know, he lost our show for reasons. Uh, you know, too. I have no idea. Me too. I don't remember. He, he lost it for his, you know, some sexual misconduct. You know, the the main thing that goes on at like Fox News. Um, but he did have a show. Level thirty-five. Yeah. He did have a show. Um. That aired nightly called O'Reilly's effect, the O'Reilly Factor, and one of his, um, you know, what 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 he used to do on slow, uh, news days, um, was try to attack like rap and rap culture and stuff like that. If you recall, like he um, he lobbied Pepsi to get rid of Ludacris, um. As a um, as a um, what do you call that endorsement deal? Uh, they, they, uh, sponsor. Yeah. Oh, no, um, yeah, sponsor. I guess. Yeah, they got rid of him, but at the same time, they kept um, Britney Spears, who at that time was uh living like a real crazy life, and then they kept um the Osbournes as um endorsees. You know, and if you know their show, it's a whole bunch of like, you know, F this, F that, and you know, uh, Ozzy's famous for being like, you know, a drug, a, drug a crippling, <laughs> yeah, and alcohol and all that stuff. So it was just a matter of, um, what he do is attack rappers for being bad ro- role models or being poor role models to black children. Which I'm pretty sure, like Bill O'Reilly, has never spent more than an hour with a young black boy or a young black girl to even know what their mindset is like or what they're thinking about. But I categorized that moment as a moment in U.S. history, and I was like, "Yo, like, you know, I was half, you know, joking when I said I was like, "Yo, like, they need to in the future they need to have chapters on this in U.S. history." Um, because, you know, he brought on Dame Dash, uh, entrepreneur, founder of Rockefeller Records, um, Cameron, all-time great rapper, one of my favorites. And he also had a, a um, elementary school principal from Philadelphia to kind of, like, counteract um, these guys. And, of course, like, the guy had to be black, so that way... um you know, his arguments would hold a little bit more weight. And, and then, so 
first of all, he um he introduces Cameron and Dame Dash as uh rappers uh famous for talking about pimping and bitches. So off the off the shoot, like he's discrediting them and trying to like make them out to be like low lives. And then um every time they spoke, you know, he always like cut them in. He 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 always like cut them off and then like he wouldn't let them explain it. But to to me though, the thing I always enjoyed about it was like Dame and Cam, like they really like held their own um throughout the whole interview and they actually made like some really, really good points. So um Mike you watched the the interview you're familiar with it yo i actually watched it back then i remember watching so like bill o'reilly would have their his shit and and then but then late at night so i had a top bunk i'd be like watching tv that my brother would watch he's older than me and he would watch all the news and we watch all like the late night stuff and i was watching it i remember watching this and I watched it from not Bill's point of view. I watched it from, let's say, Dame, Dame, you know, like their point of view. I'm like, we're looking at this guy, like, what the fuck is he? What, what the fuck is wrong with him? And back then, hey, you had 20 minutes to do all of Twitter for that night into one thing. So we would get all our, like, you know, thing into it, into that. And um, back then, too, like, I was in high school and um i i felt like for some reason still back then in 2004 like it was not like respected it was in that cusp of like weird they were still people were still like shitting on it but also embracing it and like using it using it and stuff but um yeah so bill o'reilly another uh person that did this too was like so today we have shug Shug is a hardcore rapper. Like, he's like weird words and shit. I'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Like, using weird words. Like, uh, I guess nowadays, hey, Shug, you introduced me to the word whistle. What's it called again? Whistle word? Dog whistle? Dog whistle. Yeah, dog whistle. Uh, you know, using words and stuff like that. But, and then at the same, then if you actually follow through, but back then, you didn't really have the opportunity to like look up like oh Dane Dash oh he started his own company oh okay oh with uh with Jay Z oh, okay with billion dollars oh wow like you had no opportunity to like because you had like the whole six minutes six minutes six minutes and that's the whole show and um but with the then with Cameron like uh uh I mean like I'm so happy that like restraint like you you knew you knew damn well when you went on his show that what you were getting yourself involved in um it was 2004 it was still the same time as like the shock value and everything and i'm just happy that like nothing crazy happened but he didn't like no one like say anything because they were brought on to entice them to like act wild you know that that's what i'm saying like I know damn well the reason why. Yeah, I think like what, what the, the 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 term you probably use is like framing. He brought them on there to like framing, huh? Framing is a real 
what, what does framing mean? I mean, framing in, in the way he styled the segment in that yeah. he meant to make Dame and Cameron seem stupid. He uh, made them, he tried to make them out to, to basically be bad people, but like they held their own. Like, yes. he would ask them a question, and before they could elaborate, he'd cut them off. Right. He'd interject on them. He didn't do that to the principal. And when he was asked, when he was, when, when they basically stood their ground and basically challenged him back, you know, he was at a loss for words. So I just wanted to bring up, like, specific points that they brought up. Um... So first of all, he asked Cameron, like, what do you um say to like a child who's like, you know, using all these bad language, all this bad language that you use and wants to be part of the streets, like it makes it hard for a, an educator like the the principal that he had on the show to do their job. And Cameron's like, Well, you know, that's not really like my job. At the end of the day, like it's up to the the educator and it's up to the parents to make sure that the children know the difference between the two. And he defend and and he defended like um you know Bill O'Reilly was trying to make it seem like they were glorifying like street culture and Cameron was basically saying like no nah, because I you know he's he he kind of he he characterized himself as like a reporter. He just said, like, the stuff I rap about is just the stuff that are going on, the stuff that I've seen in the streets of Harlem. So you can't, like, nobody hates, like, a news reporter for reporting the news and say, like, oh, this news reporter talked about um, two people getting killed and blah, 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 and it's on the third. Like, nobody says, like, this news reporter is a bad person. So Cameron was trying to come at it from that angle. Yeah, and- is it? It's crazy. It's like 20, almost 20 years ago. And like, I feel like Bill O'Reilly is a tweet. And then like, you have to defend yourself in a tweet, you know, like, but now like it's not on a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then he says to Dame, like, uh, he says to both of them, like, what do you say? to a child, you know, a young black boy that's looking at Cameron who wants to be like Cameron, like, you know, you want this kid to grow up to be a thug, blah, 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 blah. But Dame Dash says, all right, you look at Cameron, like he started his own record company, Dip- Diplomat Records, which brought on um, most notably Jim Jones and Joel Santana, but also brought on people like J.R. Ryder and... um. Hell, well, if 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 Joel was on here, he would he would elaborate a little bit yeah. more on that. And then he also um he had his own form of clothing, his 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 um you know clothing wear and stuff like that. So Dame Dash brought that on, and he said like you influence these kids to be entrepreneurs and to become um. To, to brand themselves and to become like a business, you know, become business minded and, you know, rewatching it now at 30 when that, you know, episode aired, I was like 13 or 14 years old. 
looking back on it and i was like yeah like you know when i used to listen to rap music back then and i used to see like the videos back then you know reading source reading double xl stuff like that like i wasn't too influenced by like the the women and the money and and the flexing and all of that stuff what i used to see was a lot of the artists used to have like like their own different like products and stuff like um they would have clothing lines they would have their own brand of like liquor and even if it wasn't liquor you'd have like guys coming out with their own energy drink their own like um brand of like um water their own like they knew how to brand themselves and that's the stuff that influenced me like when i was in school like i used to like draw like um I used to draw like the the um design my own clothes, design like logos for my company, and I used to like think of that stuff like branding myself. Like that's where like people like Cameron influenced me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I tried like dropping down some uh, double XLs. I used to have to, I had every double XL from uh, ninety nine to like two thousand five, but uh, it showed the whole thing about like. I, I think I wasted like how many semesters in like high school like designing my own logos and stuff. And that's the reason why like um, me and Chuck hooked up so much and we like we're like we had the same like ideas and stuff. Um, to go with that. I just wanted to show that we were on the same page with that. Um, but yeah, but like it's hard like to like I think I don't want to say gen- generational, but like, I, I guarantee you, if you put like a rapper, rapper, I, I, I don't even think that word is in on a show. There's no shows anymore, so it's like kind of like generational. And you would like have someone on there. You have to go alternative. Uh, I think uh, Dezus De- and Romero, like that that type of show like you bring someone on there who's like out of the ordinary like bring them on um that's the thing i'm thinking about right now but like with like magazines like that just that just popped in my head where like remember looking at magazines and be like oh it's just this is who this is that yeah but that's the same as i think as being on bill o'reilly back then like you like sit down long day and you're like you like lean back and you put on TV and you see this man named Cameron. Cameron. Like you like look at Cameron and be like, what? Like that's the whole thing. It's like they would have one moment sliver of society and they would show it and stuff. But now we don't have that anymore. We have to you do the same thing again now, get the same response from people. But from me personally back then, I remember watching it and um, I don't know. Even back then, I felt like weird. Like, it was like an outcast. Like, why are you watching? Like, woof, weird. I think um, things are going things are will get better, but no. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Was, so, like, I think, no, I, I think Bill uh, Riley did it as a showcase, as a as like a like a um, 
freak show thing. Like, hey, check this out. And then they showed up and they were like, they dropped knowledge on them. And they were like, shut up, shut up. You know, like, that's the whole thing I'm saying. They used it, them as like, hey, look at this. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I used to, you know, when so when I, I was watching it, rewatching it, and I was hearing like Cameron talk about. Or Cam and Dame talking about, yeah, like I'm doing this stuff and I, I got all these programs for the kids and stuff like that. Like, like I said, it was something that spoke to me now because I'm looking back on it back then and I'm like, yo, like I used to sit down drawing like, you know, my own um clothes, drawing my own... um record label all these things like that's the part of like the the part of rap that used to influence me because i'm thinking like looking back on it now like perhaps like a show me the mooney ain't even possible if i didn't see like somebody like cameron making um diplomat records if i don't see jay-z making um rockefeller records and rock aware and stuff like that Great point, man. But uh, if it, when I started listening to music, it was um, logos. It was all like uh, Cypress Hill, uh, House of Pain, and all that. It was all like logos and stuff. And it was probably three guys, and then they would use one thing, and they would all uh, siphon money out. Right? Yeah, and then he also like they brought up the point, like they um talked about all right, like a movie like The Terminator, like through, like, two or three Terminator movies at that time, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger used to just pop up killing people, and there wasn't no kind of, like, um, there wasn't no kind of explanation for it to, like, somebody that didn't know any better. So they were kind of saying, like, oh, so then why aren't you, like, getting at, like, the movie industry for being, like, too violent? You know? Like, somebody seeing, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're just thinking of them as a Terminator, and, like, at that time... Arnold Schwarzenegger became like the governor of California. Yeah, it's like, how can you oh, you separate his character from his real life and political to this? And I mean, it's bizarre. I, I guess because he, I don't know, he was such a huge star that they they were like allowed to. Also, he was married to a Kennedy, and Kennedy's run shit. So I don't know. that could have been one thing. But uh, I think at face value, people just assume like, oh yeah, we have these two, uh, you know, oh they're both rappers, right? No, and then they bring them on there, like that's the whole thing, like you know. I think at the end of the day, is this: you see two black successful men, um, fear, fear. Yeah, you know that's scary to the people that watch Fox News because you know. They're not. They're not used to seeing black people in power as a position. They're not seeing used to seeing black people as owners, black people as CEOs, stuff like that. So somebody like Bill O'Reilly, he has to introduce somebody like Cameron, saying, "Yeah, this person's famous for rap, for singing about pimping and bitches." Well, look, all right, fine. Let me go this real quick. So I'm Bill O'Reilly. It's eleven o'clock. I'm like I'm out there, and then like his. Very vigilantly working assistant, whatever is like, um, Bill, Bill, what, what the fuck do you want from me? And they'd be like, uh, well, we have very two 
inspirational, uh, on, entrepreneurial, just his pants are off. And he's like, uh, two black guys. Are they rappers? Cool. Put them on. <laughs> that, that's, isn't that the whole thing you think? You know, like, I, I think he's like such a, back then, they'd be like, all right, put them on. They're looking at it. Put them on the air. Put them on the air, and I'll make them freestyle. <laughs> that type of thing. It sucks, man. It's like, but, um, and then, well, then they, they just basically talked because because Bill O'Reilly kept on bringing up this um uh on chaperone thing, so he's already like pushing this idea that you know in black households like the parents aren't around and stuff like that. So, or oh, unsupervised was the word he he kept on using. So Cameron and Dame they said, listen, like. You know, if you want, I could come and speak to your kids or whatever at your school or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's on you as an educator. Um, is on you as an educator, and it's on the parents to basically guide the kid. Like I used to watch, you know, all of this stuff, violent movies, listen to rap music, all of that stuff, and I'm not like, you know a criminal or anything like that. And that's because, like, I had good parents. You know, and then Cameron... So the the principal pushed back and was like, you know, a lot of these parents, da-da-da-da, like, they don't care. And, you know, Cameron was saying, all right, well, then that's your responsibility as a principal because at the end of the day, like, these kids aren't going to school by themselves. Somebody is sending them to school. Like, you need to have more parent-teacher conferences and y'all, you need, like, in in the home and in the classroom, they need to um make it in such a way that you're not looking at these rappers as an example. You should be looking at your teachers and you should be looking at your, your parents as your role models. And Cameron was basically saying, like, um, you know, it's it's on the parents and the teachers to to let these kids know the difference. It's not his responsibility. He didn't say it in like a uh, arrogant way. He was just saying that, you know, you're trying to put the spotlight on right on rap and rappers being like these bad influences on kids. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the people that are closest to them aren't taking responsibility. And he also said, you know. You talk about kids like listening to music and being like inspired by music. He was like, you know, look at Columbine. Like, I know those kids weren't listening to my music. They was listening to like Marilyn Manson. Why don't you have Marilyn Manson on your show? And ironically, they weren't listening to him. They weren't. That's the whole point. They were. They were. They called him a faggot, and so then they were anti it. That's that's the whole media thing. That's the whole point. They twisted around instead of they listened to him. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That's the whole thing about the same thing. Like, what people need to understand that, like, it's all you know. Media twists everything around. Right. Yeah. So okay. you know, it was um, you know that that whole segment. If you YouTube it, or it comes across on your your timeline on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, like. It's always a fun inter- interview to watch because, you know, to this day, everybody talks about, like, yeah. the influence that, like, you know, 
rap music has on kids. Like, but you know, because we talked about WAP, you know, a couple episodes ago. So it's just an interesting um thing. And like I say, always my my what I took from it then and what I take from it now is just like they were, you know, these two black men that are financially um doing well economically and basically controlling their own destiny. Like nobody's either one of these guys' bosses is something startling to the people watching Fox News. So, you know, Bill O'Reilly tried to put them on the show to kind of like poke holes at them to, you know, to to make them look stupid and weak. And I always found it, to me, the message I took then and the message I take now is like, if if you're confident in in yourself, you know, nobody really could stop you. Chuck, it's been two weeks. Well, not two weeks. It's been a been week. A week in, yeah, about a week. A week since it happened, but how you feeling now? Um, he just needs to give it up. He's going outside. He won't leave. Like, what's the next thing? Well, I just wanted to talk about him not leaving the White House. Because he That's went on TV yesterday to talk about the um, vaccine being um, distributed. He says, you know, I don't know who's going to distribute it, um, this administration or another administration. I'm telling you that this administration isn't going to do a shutdown. He's like, time will tell who's going to distribute it or something like that. So he's essentially still not, you know, conceding to, um, you know, the, 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 the people of the United States um elected president who by january 20th is going to be um joe biden i i will say yes i watched it live i don't know the main point is that he'll always hold trump will always hold something over new york because he doesn't like Cuomo, and then it'll affect every single thing after that like it's not a it's, it's not a policy thing it's a personal thing but he did say, like, um, so it's like this Operation Warp Speed, and so um, first of, he he supposed Pfizer said they weren't part of it, but he's saying that Pfizer was part of it, and that it was irresponsible for Pfizer to say that they weren't part of it. But there's a vaccine that Pfizer um created that was that's you know off test so far is 90% effective um, in, you know, having people be vaccinated from coronavirus. And, you know, like a lot of things Trump said, it just seemed a little bit um, worrisome. Like he, he said that, like, you know, all the tests and stuff that they have to do in order to um, produce this vaccine and put it out to people that's this stuff usually takes like five to eight years and supposedly he's gonna have it done within the next month or two so that that kind of worries me because that means you know this thing ain't like fully tested um not only that but i feel like you know from all the things he said like it's, it's um a worry about him like 
I don't know, like the distribution of it. Like it worries me that he's not in um contact with Biden and his transition team on like figuring out how they're gonna distribute it. I'm really sorry, uh Joy. That's what I meant by that. He uh that's what I meant. Um he said he was not gonna give it to New York because he doesn't like Cuomo. That's what I meant. He's not gonna give it to New York State because he doesn't like Cuomo. That's what he said. He literally that's like you know two days ago. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and um, and um, the other thing too is like the usually during a transition of power, like the incoming president and the incumbent president, um, you know the 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 incoming president would be a part of like the um daily briefings, so the fact that Trump is refusing to concede and refusing to basically work with the Biden transition team, it could put like the military, um, a lot of the armed forces in like a lot of danger because, you know, if like January 20th comes and that's basically the first day that like Biden gets to see like, all right, this is the different missions that's going on. These are the different um, plans that we have. Like, you know, a lot of it's going to be rushed and it's just a dangerous element. Yeah. I've been thinking about this shit since uh, four years ago. I've been thinking about this stuff all the time about this stuff. Like, um, like who's in charge of like heading off all the proper information and stuff? But is there, pro- it's, it's, yeah, I've been nervous about that, so. I don't know, the more, I've been thinking, more, I've been thinking about it for four years. Four I years. I don't know, the more and more I look at it, it's just like, the more and more, like, you know, I'm glad, like, Biden won, but I'm like, man, maybe, like, Hillary really should have won, or the Republicans should have chose somebody else, because Donald Trump, is clearly in league with himself. Like he's got all these lawsuits talking about like invalid, invalid ballots, um, being counted and stuff like that. But a lot of these, um, like seats of, like seats of the House of Representatives, were flipped from Democrat to Republican. So, you know, are yeah. you gonna not count those votes too? And like, all right, you want to be president, you still be president, but you still have uh, overwhelming, overwhelmingly majority Democrat House of Representatives. And if you're like the Republican leaders, like GOP, you know, we've seen some go along with Trump. We've seen some basically telling him like, "Yo, it's time to move on." Blah 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 blah. But it's clear that like Trump is is in a league of his own like he's 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 basically gone rogue i don't know maybe we'll we'll revisit this like next week or something like that with um when joel's on here um my final thoughts wwe um became basically um the brand in wrestling of course in the 90s when i had um competition with WCW and they were going back and forth. Um, And then they eventually bought out WCW, which may have 
basically solidified their stance against having a union um, to this day. But obviously, it's something I had been um, had been a, a topic when it comes to wrestling um, amongst the wrestlers themselves as far back as, you know, the mid-80s when WWE um, basically bought out all the territories and it was essentially like you either had to be in WWE or you had to be in WCW. Um, But I just think that is wrong that WWE is having so much influence on people's lives. Like nobody, there was nobody there to stop Vince McMahon and the McMahon family from becoming billionaires so i don't understand what it is about you know allowing your um talent to do the same and you know brand themselves and make sure that their medical um expenses are covered and and stuff like that and that they have representation when it comes to things going with labor um so hopefully hopefully in the near future um, it, it, you know, they, they, they something works out where you know wrestlers can be represented by some kind of labor union. Um, the Cameron Dame Dash, um, video, yeah, like you know, that you mad gif is it's a popular meme, but when you watch like the full interview, especially watching as an adult, I'm like, wow, like. A lot of stuff they talk on here is true. Like when I was a kid, I didn't really look at rappers like, oh, they got all these girls. Oh, they have these cars and they have um all this jewelry and stuff like that. I, I used to see rappers pushing stuff with like their name on it, you know, um, different products, whether it be um, whether it be clothing, whether it be alcohol, whether it be sports drinks stuff like that you always saw people branding themselves and like i said we wouldn't probably have this show if it wasn't for you know me seeing a cameron with diplomat clothing or dipset um clothing or dame dash um with rockaware or you know um belvedere and all that different stuff it's all about branding yourself especially being a young especially being a young black man and seeing you know black ownership because we we talked about that a little while ago um you know black ownership is, is something that that's you know should be, become a, a concept should grow from being a concept to being a reality amongst all black people um and then trump we didn't really get to get into it as much as i'd like maybe we'll revisit revisit it later on um when Joel's on here, so we can hear his his take. But you know, the long and short of it is, um, you know, the man, the you know, is a tradition of, um, you know, tradition of democracy where you know if you if the the people of America have chosen someone else, you have to move on. And I don't understand what the recounts is supposed to do because. We're talking about thousands of people voted for Biden over them voting for Trump. So even if you took away like a third of their votes, like Biden's still beating you. So it's time to move on. Think of whatever you're going to do for the rest of your life. The Republicans, it'd probably be smart for them 
to figure out what path they want to go in. Do you want to keep going down this um, extreme path with Trump or do you want to go back to the more traditional um, Republican Party um, style candidates that you've had in the past? It's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds over the next four years. But this has been episode 27 of Shogmi the Mooney. Check us um, all our new videos out. Um, next week, Joel should be back. Um, a lot of we had some topics that we had to push back because I really we really wanted to hear Joel on it. So he'll be back next week. And hope you guys enjoyed this one for me and for Mike. This has been Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. <laughs>